Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day to you all. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And with me, my co-host, the lovely blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Well, good evening, everybody, and good afternoon, good morning, wherever we are. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we had an interesting show last week, Mahler co-hosted me in the Book of Shadows, and we had a woman who worked at Disneyland and Disney Studios, and uh, it was haunted. Both of them were very haunted. She's a cool. sea witch, uh, actually, and uh so it was it was kind of interesting a sea witch yeah so yeah. like she plays a sea witch or she's a no no she, she is a witch she, she is a sea witch yeah wow like, like another one of our friends i think she roxy you a sea you a witch <laughs> what a way to introduce me oh by the way here's our guest <laughs> joining us now is new england's scary godmother roxy's worker there you go <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, it's a new year and more of the same. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very open and I do follow a very earth-based spirituality. Okay, so not, not necessarily a witch, but you are open to whatever. I am. Anyway, whatever. I would say Roxy is very sea oriented because you have all the the sea glass and the shells and yeah so does beth my, all my, that, my daughter-in-law right? the big deal everybody well, does yeah but ah fine ron whatever yeah. you're the one who brought it up are you a stone witch because you used to make those karens sure okay <laughs> and you like cemetery stones whatever you want anyway so, Rocky, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a, a cold, miserable winter, as usual. Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the seacoast has taken a beating. Uh, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse and several of the lighthouses uh, have been really beaten up pretty bad, standing there for hundreds of years, and they're a mess now. So. Anyways, uh, if you like lighthouses, support your local organizations because they're going to need a lot of money to get those babies back together again. So, Roxy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I uh, we were just chatting before we uh, we came online here. That, you know, it was the first time that I've gone out um, to Newcastle, where Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse is, and seen both Portsmouth Harbor Light and Whaleback Lighthouse out. Um, at night, completely dark. We, you could see um, White Island down on the Isle of Shoals is, is still lit. But um, I'll tell you, it was actually spookier seeing those lighthouses out than any experience that I've had. Mm. There. <laughs> there is, um, there's, there's just such a comfort 
about looking out there and seeing that, you know, that constant light and sort of getting to know it on, you know, on that level to see it out was truly spooky to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, with, with, last week I had the sea witch on and, and I was talking about, it, I says, well, that must be a, you know, your, your modality must be, uh, you know, a very peaceful one and very, uh, you know, calming and, and healing. And she said, well, well it is, but uh, since we, we work with the sea, the sea is also very contrary. It can very can be very, very mean, <laughs> very, mm-hmm. very vindictive at times. So you have those aspects of the sea, which I had never really thought about. I mean, you hear about the times we. I know when I go to the, the ocean, I always feel the calm and the peace. And 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 you, you I and mean, all your tours were in, in Portsmouth, of course. You're right on the sea, and uh, yeah. So how do you feel about that? Well, it's um, it, it's funny that you ask because I um, my tenth book is actually coming out this spring, and oh, it's God all bless. about <laughs> it's it's all about the sea and sea glass and shipwrecks and storms and oh. and what it's like. And one of the first things I remember when I was writing the introduction to the book was writing about how you know so many of us, you know, even with you know all the modern satellite imagery and everything that we have for technology, there's something about the sea that just automatically brings us back. And there's still so much that's unknown about it. And just the power of the sea is so immense. Um, I don't know if if you saw, but they actually just unearthed another shipwreck from the 1800s up at um, Sand Beach at Acadia State Park. And it's just, it's all, it's all the secrets. Mm-hmm. that are held within the sea that I think are just so incredibly intriguing. And I think a lot of us in New England sometimes take that, you know, for granted, if we live, you know, within an hour's drive of the water or like, yeah, it's there. Um, you get to see it in all its, all its guises. It's just amazing. Just the power right. of the ocean. Yeah, I I agree. I love, and we, we camp every summer, right at, at the beach at horse neck beach. Um, it's almost, at the Rhode Island border and like some nights it's just so peaceful and calming and gentle. And then you'll see it the next day and a big storm blows in and, and flattens everything. You know, we've had a microburst hit when we were down there and it's, it's terrifying. It can be so serene and peaceful and so terrifying. Yeah. You know, at the same time. Jan and I's favorite thing is to walk the beach. I mean, that's, to me, there's nothing more relaxing to, mm. you know, walk the beach with someone you love. And uh, it's just, you know, almost paradise. So, uh, but you're right. There is another side to it where it's, it's, it can show its muscle, basically. And uh, uh, if you piss it off, you got to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited think- for that book. Yeah. I, I'm 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 super excited for it too because it really gave me an opportunity to talk a lot about the age of sail, which is you know one of my one of my favorite things. Obviously, you know Portsmouth. What, what can you say about the age of sail? I mean, it was one of the you know the most important ports um, in the New World, and um, I, I'm really really excited to uh, uh, share a lot of you know different beaches that I've gone to that have you know everything from from ghosts to hidden treasure to, you know, forgotten amusement parks and, and, you know, being able to, to pull pieces of that history out of the water or on, you know, on the beach to, you know, to really see that evolution and then to see what, 
what beaches don't exist anymore because mm. of you know the the storms and, and the tides and oh, yeah. um you know i hadn't i had no idea until years you know probably about 20 years ago that um deer island which is which is such an amazing history um in boston harbor i mean there was you know a jail out there mm. there was an almshouse out there um the native americans were imprisoned out there back in the 17th century it truly was an island at one time but it was the hurricane in 1938 that reattached it to Winthrop. <laughs> and it, 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 the way the storm hit, it actually created this, you know, almost like the sandbar to connect it um, to the land. And it's, it's, um, it's a very spooky place. It's a great place to do, um, you know, beach combing in, in the shadow of the city of Boston to see the skyline. But, right. you know, you're picking up fragments of, all that, all that history that's there, and there's cemeteries out there on Deer Island as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. So I've really been sort of getting into, um, into this book, you know, as I was writing it to go and see all these places, and I made sure that I visited all the cemeteries nearby as well. Of course, <laughs> that's the most important thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to talk about shortly of course your, your newest book or i think it's vermont book of the dead but mm-hmm. um going back to, i mean yeah you you look at you, it can create land but it also can destroy land we look at the the lighthouse how many times it's been moved not particularly uh uh of course i'm talking about uh, what's the one down the cape i can't think of the name of it offhand but uh, um, Highlands Highlands been moved. Um, Nosset's been moved. Yeah, this quite um, a few. The three sisters, the three sisters were moved. They'd be in the ocean right now. Yeah. Um, they're tucked in the woods um, by Nosset Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Gay Head Lighthouse has been moved over on the vineyard. It's been moved so, twice. See, there you go. I mean, wow. that's that's you know we we get shocked by it, but then we also understand it too. I mean, those houses that uh, along Salisbury and Hampton took a beating, and they want and uh, you know to try to stop it, but you know you can't stop Mother Nature. It's going to do what it wants to do. Um, M- Mother Nature rules. You know, no no matter what we try to do, there's there's not much that we can do up against it. Is it's try to work with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's go on to um, your new newest uh, cemetery book, which is uh, Vermont Book of the Dead. Uh, which when did it come out, Roxy? Uh, it came out in late September of twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. So it's a fairly new book. Uh, it's available. It goes goes along with your other series, which include. Oh, you want me to? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. That was a plug. Wow, just make her spew them out. That was a time <laughs> for a plug. I mean, what do you want? You want me to remember it? You kidding? You know what I do with names, and you want me to do it? I don't think so. I was, I was like, wow, he's turned over a new leaf for the new year. He's, he's got all this prep work done. Um, so, uh, <laughs> if you don't know your own books, I... dear, I'm not gonna know them. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. Um. So there is the uh, the Massachusetts Book of the Dead, the New Hampshire Book of the Dead, uh, the Maine Book of the Dead, and now this is Vermont. So I still have Connecticut and Rhode Island um, to come in the upcoming years. But um, Vermont was great. Vermont's such a great state. So I was really excited um, to get this book done. It's been a, many, many years in the making. There's been so many trips to to Vermont um, and then to go back and, and sort of re, reshoot some of the cemeteries and take new photographs. So um, so yeah, that's 
that's the latest in the series of uh, cemetery books. Nice. I love, we're actually going to Vermont in a couple of weeks. We have a, a good friend who has a place up in um, South Woodstock. It's available on Amazon so, if you don't have yeah. it. I, I love to, the cemeteries are great up there as always. They are. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's one of those things you really get to see um, the beauty and the remoteness of Vermont through their cemeteries, mm-hmm. because some of them are, are really incredibly remote. Um, yes. Yep. <laughs> like, I was like, does the cemetery really exist? And um, the funny thing was I was in, um, in Grafton and I was looking for a particular gravestone. It's like, you know, it's like, the Susanna Jane gravestone. It's like a one of one. There's not another one that exists. Mm-hmm. And Ken and I have been driving around all day long and I'm like, I, I don't know if we're going to find it. So um, the historical society, the guy was outside and he was taken down the open side and I'm like, oh, I can't oh. ask. And I asked, and I said, so, hey, listen, I'm looking for um, this particular gravestone. I'm hoping that you can find me. Her name is Rebecca Park. And he's like, well, I'm her seventh generation descendant. Oh, my Get God. Get out of here. I Stop. swear to God. <gasps> I, I swear to God. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's out in the woods, down this dirt road, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he brought, he actually, he's like, museum's closed, but let me bring you in. And he gave me, like, you know, all this information and showed me, um, some of the footstones that they had in the display cases. And I'm like, so uh, why are there footstones in the display case and mm. not in the cemetery? <laughs> and he went on to, he, he went on to explain this like uh, amazing thing. I never even considered or, or never even heard about in any other state, but they, um, they used to take the footstones in Vermont from the older cemeteries and they take them out. And it wasn't for groundskeeping it was actually, they would take them home and, warm them up next to the fireplace and use them as bed warmers. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> wow. Well, so the, the group that they had in the display case, was probably at least a dozen of them were from like the 1800s. Oh, wow. And he said, Oh yeah, they were used in this house and that house. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, so long story short, he gave me um, the, the exact details of, where to find um it was actually quite a beautiful cemetery it's called the burgess cemetery and it's like literally like out in the middle of the woods and um the gravestone that i was going to see was for a woman named rebecca park and she died at the age of 40 and she was buried with her 14 children none of her children um save one made it past the age of two oh Uh, that's so sad and it was it was believed. I mean, it, it so the the time frame um, when she died was 1803. So you know she's 40 and she had all these kids, and it wasn't like you know oh. multiple multiple multiples like she didn't have like triplets or anything. So oh. um, her gravestone has all the faces carved on it in a tree of life. Oh now my for God. 1803, it's it's just unbelievable. To even I need to see like this. That. I need to see this stone. Oh yeah, it's. It's unbelievable. Wow. It's carved um, by one of the um, the more well-known stone carvers um, in uh, in Vermont. His name is Moses Wright, and it's mm-hmm. you just have these these faces just staring out at you oh. um, on the arch of the stone. So um, it, it was just it, again like stories like that. Like they'll never leave you. Like that experience of seeing that 
and reading the epitaph on there and, you know, being in that space and meeting, you know, one, one of the, one of the, the lone descendants was also amazing. That is, that's a, that's an incredible moment. So she did have children survive then. She had one, one survived. What? Oh my one God. One survived. That's, so that's she, uh, crazy. So she's buried with 14 children. Wow. And most, I mean, they're, they're almost all infants. Yeah. yeah. Aww. And she, and of course, and of course, she died after the birth of her last child, like um, you know, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I mean, it, it, in its in its way, it's not a particular ghost story, but to me, it's a very haunting story. So mm-hmm. like a cursed, type. Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they had if uh, there was some kind of genetic reason. Life them was to, tough back then. I hate I'll, to think. Well, I know, and I understand Especially that. Especially Vermont, I would imagine, ain't so good. But to have that many children mm. die that young, you almost have to feel like genetically there was well, a problem pissed. that just kept coming coming through. I mean, they, and it could have been disease too, of course. Yeah, there there is, and you make a great great point. There is um, some speculation that you know there was some sort of bloodborne ailment, mm-hmm. um, you know that yeah. that was within you know within the the family line right. that had you know take, taken everybody out and, and eventually Rebecca herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know it's it's it, that she had one that survived. She had one that survived um, until the age of 50, and he ended up actually leaving um, leaving Vermont. He's um, buried out in the Midwest. But it's it's also, you know, just a fantastic situation of belief. You know, there was, you know, no modern medicine. People gave birth at home. There were so many risks involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just in- incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, and I get like, I've, I've been, I've tracked down a few cemeteries up in Vermont, one of which, my friend led me to from her cabin, which is on the side of a mountain, through the woods. <laughs> She's like, I got to show you the cemetery, Annie. I got to show you. And it was probably, I don't know, like a mile into the woods from where her house is. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a little family, little family cemetery. Mo- the Morgan Farnsworth Cemetery. There you go. Have mm-hmm. it on my my, in my pictures, but that was pretty cool. You know, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. We did. We had a uh, a case we did in, up in New Hampshire where uh, there was two ghost children, and we we ended up following in the middle of the night out through the woods, and we came upon this cemetery that was they were buried in. It was like really weird. It was like mm. this tiny, tiny cemetery out in the mm-hmm. middle of the woods. So isolated from the house yeah. and everything, but it was strange. Well, and I've found that a lot out in um, when we used to camp out in Ocam, Mass, mm-hmm. and out in Barry. They're all in the middle of the woods, pages and pages. So were they, I wonder if they were in the middle of the woods, or were they, you know, were their houses near them at the time, and they just probably at the time, yeah. yeah. Well, most people, you know, it, you know, if you're looking at the, the older, older burial grounds, you know, 17, 1800s, mm-hmm. and people were buried right on their property. There was, you know, there right. was not a common use oh, of yeah. burial grounds. So as, you know, as people got their, you know, their land grants and things like that, and particularly in Vermont, most people, you know, that settled Vermont, 
came up from, um, you know, Massachusetts and Connecticut and some came over from New Hampshire, um, you know, they, they basically just, you know, established, you know, out, these little outposts of, of very, very small communities. Mm. And, you know, some of those communities have, you know, been abandoned or what have you. And that's why you have, you know, so many of these out, you know, out in the woods. So, Roxy, would, would you think about the country? We're talking about the early times in this country. I mean, it was, wasn't the English tradition to, to bury the, the, the people in the churchyard? And when did we get away from that and to burying them outside the churchyard and so forth? Well, as you know, as far as the colonial settlement goes, I mean, you know, initially the the very earliest graves really weren't kept track of, you know, you know, after you know the initial settlement in the 1600s, um, until really, you know, like the 1650s, 1640s, you'll start to see burial grounds get get established. But it was not it was not what we really would consider in many cases to be our, our cemeteries of today because, you know, people were buried without a lot of ceremony. There really wasn't anything that was um, said graveside. You had to be some person of some sort of stature to even have, you know, a, a full processional. So um, they didn't have, re- they didn't have religious funerals. Not unless you were somebody of stature. A, really? a lot, a lot. Absolutely. Um, a lot of funerals back in the day were pretty much just the placement of the body in the ground. I mean, again, we're talking, you know, very much 17th century here until we, we started to, to look at other times because, um, you know, Daft, and you can see it on the gravestones and I know, um, you know, Anne and I, we've, we've all, we've all seen it. You know, it was, it was the fear of the grave. So there wasn't a lot that was, that was said and coffins were reused. Um, people were, were wrapped. Sometimes gravestones weren't used. They used just field stone markers. Mm-hmm. So as you know, as that developed, graveyard literally is the yard outside of a church or a meeting house. That's a proper graveyard. Burial grounds are places to just bury the dead. And then we move into cemeteries, which came, you know, more into the 19th century. So that's why, you know, people in the old burial grounds, they're stacked right on top of each other. Like everything's so close. So those are the, the true differences in, in those burial sites. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, you, you can't forget that previous to that, you know, there was the, the Native American sites, and you know, they've they've dated a lot of the Paleo Indian sites, you know, going back thousands of years, which are truly lost in the Vermont woods. You know, when I was writing the the Vermont book, there's, you know, there's so many stories about them and, you know, you could be walking over one and you wouldn't even know it. Right. Now, did they do burial mounds uh, they, in this area? They did. Um, and and in, in looking at, um, in looking at Vermont, you know, in New Hampshire too, you know, we've got about, you know, as far as they can document 13,000 years of the indigenous or na- the native peoples that were here. So, I mean, if you've got all that, you know, all those years, um, you know, obviously they're buried everywhere. And there's a lot of um, great stories from the main coast um, as you start to go um, down east of the, the shell middens um, along the beach. It's funny, everything comes back to the ocean in its own way. And mm-hmm. they still know where some of them are, but, you know, they're, they're off limits. They don't mark them things like that. So, I mean, they're, they're still out there. 
Mm-hmm. So well, when, yeah. did, when did graveyards and, and burial mounds, I mean, not burial mounds, but uh, burial grounds and so forth, get associated with ghosts? I mean, how, how did we make that jump from, you know, a place just to put the body to uh, the, the people coming back and becoming haunted and so forth? Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, pre, predates, um, you know, colonial America, you know, right. you, you can go, you can go, you know, back to the Roman Empire, um, you know, of all the things that would be done um, over the dead to appease the spirits. There's always, you know, there's always been that belief in so many cultures around the world of, you know, things that you need to do to either prep the body or prep the site or prep the spirit. Um, for whatever ghosts might be out there. Um, so I think, you know, in, in, it's, it's, it's hard for me to even say, you know, um, you know, oh, well, you know, we're, we're so old over here, you know, 400 years of Portsmouth, and people come over here and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm from Italy, like, you know, shut up you. So it's true. Um, so it's, it, it, I mean, here in New England, obviously, you know, if we just want to look at New England in and of itself, I mean, consider, you know, the 17th century, you know, let alone, you know, it was, it was a very dark world. You know, if they heard noises out there in the woods, it was witches and demons, you know, because again, anything that was um, evil or dark or bad could be coming for you. So um, there's, there's so, or, or, or the natives as well. So there, there was already that belief in colonial England that evil spirits walked the world. All right, we have to take a break right now. We'll get back. We'll get a little bit more into uh, cemeteries and the books of the dead and so forth. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan Carrigan and Ron Pollock. Our special guest is Roxy's Worker right here on Toji Night. We're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio One Patreon. Become a member and get access to all kinds of stuff. So uh, we'll be right back. a paranormal event book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turn 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh no. No, 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 Jessica! What's happening? 
creators of Shadowhunters fighting me comes a tale of primal terror. Grind called Mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica! Kill! <laughs> Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest this evening, author Roxy Zwicker. Hello. Here we are. That was a better intro than I gave her. Well, well thank God. I one of us <laughs> yeah, really. Thank wow. you, Anne. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, before the break, we were talking about ghosts and graveyards and... Now, uh, we're going to go back to uh, the Book of the Dead. So, why the title of the Book of the Dead? Curious. <laughs> um, after I published Arcadia Publishing. Um, it, uh, originally, uh, it was, you know, when I had submitted the manuscript, um, you know, the Haunted Cemeteries of New England. But I think, you know, their, their take on it, you know, based on, you know, our conversations and putting all the books together, is it, it is truly, you know, it's not just the stories of the graveyards and how they've evolved and the ghosts there, but there's a lot of individual stories, you know, like Rebecca Park. So, you, you know, the books are, are telling these stories and keeping them alive. So, it's, you know, it's a, a chronicle of these people as well. So I think it, it covers a, a, a lot of bases. I like the title, actually. I, I think it's... Uh... It separates itself from other just cemetery books in general. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, when you wrote this book, and you said you put a lot of time and effort in, and, and actually traveled to the state, which is you know not easy for you. It's a long haul. Uh, is there a particular other than that grave you talked about? Is there other one that really you found interesting, uh, you know, out of the ordinary? 
Um, there's, there's a lot, but I think one, I mean, it literally, it literally stands out. Um, it has to be the Bowman Mausoleum, which is in, um, it's in a little town called Cuttingsville. Uh, it's when I first saw it, my husband and I actually had sort of, uh, come up upon it and you literally have to stop at the side of the road because that's where it is. It looks like there is a, a man standing on the side of the road. <laughs> uh, and oddly enough, it's across from a haunted house. Nice. So that he used to own. So when we stopped and it's this incredible mausoleum, um, there was a, a note on it from the historical society that mentioned, you know, they had the door open to look inside the mausoleum, which is just Oh, amazing. that's cool. Yeah, very cool. And, um, that's the best. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's incredible. So the, the, the note on the door said that it was an optical illusion. So I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how it's an optical illusion. And then um, I looked at the date and went back and did some research on the person. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is just an optical illusion. This is a reflection of this man's spiritual belief. So, um, so do you want me to give you the story? Or do you want me to? Oh, sure. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The whole thing. So, um, it, again, it's, it's Cuttingsville, Vermont. It's along um, Route 103. And at the front of the mausoleum is this life-size statue of a man who's holding a skeleton key over his heart. He's got a top hat in his, in his other hand. Um, he's wearing morning gloves and he's looking into the mausoleum. So he's outside on the stairs and oh. it's, um, it's absolutely the strangest thing you've ever seen. And his name <laughs> um, was John Bowman. And um, he uh, had you know, a really successful company, did very well in business. However, um, he married uh, this lovely woman from New York and unfortunately, um, they lost two children. One was uh, an infant. The other one was 21 years old. And then his wife died. Aww. So he lived uh, across the street. So he wanted to build this um, mausoleum, which people at the time, you know, in, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, came from all over the world to see this place. It was just so spectacular because at night, he would walk over there and, you know, say, say good night, you know, as, as if you were saying good night to your family, you know, in your house and he would say good night to them. But the amazing thing is when you look inside, there is a um, marble statue of a child who was sitting with their arms outreached in the middle of the mausoleum. There are, um, there's a, a bust of his wife and there's a um, bust of his daughter and they all face the mirrors there's mirrors all throughout the mausoleum and wow. on the outside of the columns is a bust of him. And he is looking through the column, which represents the veil. And he was a known spiritualist and he's ah. looking at them in the mirrors. So he's looking ah. at their reflection in the mirrors, <laughs> which is oh, wow. absolutely, I mean, it is stunning. So he had, um, also built a greenhouse on on the property as well, which it sprung up and became a cemetery. The greenhouse was just for flowers for the mausoleum. And oh. the, the, the ghost story was that at night, 
in the house, again, right across the street, you could look right over, he would set the table in case their spirits wanted to come back to the house. So at dinner, there was a place for all of them. Uh And eventually, over the years, the house became a a, um, bookshop and other things. And everybody that lived in the house said it was so haunted, they couldn't live in the house. Uh So people moved into the carriage house next door. Mm-hmm. And the ghost story is that he still walks across the street. He's still walking through the house, even though, of course, he's buried there with his family. But it's a strange mm-hmm. thing. You drive up the street, the mausoleum street side, and he's standing there on the stairs. Yeah. Wow. I just Googled the photo. That's it's amazing. It it looks, it's absolutely incredible. I think I probably have maybe so four sad. or five photos of it in um in my book. And mm-hmm. it's just. It's it's heartbreaking. It's spooky. We're mm. you know we're thinking about spiritual transformation. You know with what you're looking at inside the chamber. Um, mm. oh, it's just incredible. Mm. Uh, oh wow! I think I have to. I'm going to have to go see it. It's just the, the it sounds so eerie. With like, oh, there's the baby. Yeah. So I googled it. That's going to rip my heart out seeing that. <laughs> It, it, it is. It's, it's a very uh, emotional scene. Um, and right now, if you if you go by to see it, they actually have a um, a big box that they put around Mr. Bowman in the winter. Oh. So winter as well. And then in the spring, they take the box off and they open up the tomb again. Oh, so right now, if you were to go by, it's it's well, it's for preservation. So I sort of get it. Oh, um, I do. Yeah, I, I think that's wonderful. They do that. And they protect it. So, yeah, it reminds yeah, me. So of he's, the, he's hiding in there. Yeah, it reminds me of the Westford night. I took Steve to go see the Westford night. We went down there. The damn night was covered in a box. Because uh, <laughs> oh, no. it was by the side. Because it was by the side of the right. road. And and yeah. the winter time they salt the road, so the salt was oh, destroying right. the stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what the Westford night is, it's a, a night carved into a, a stone in Westford, but it's on the side of the road. So what they did, would do in the in the winter time is uh, uh, fall into the winter. They would encase in in a like a wooden crate <laughs> so that uh, the salt wouldn't destroy it, which is great because it gives you, you know, there for everyone. But, uh, you know, it's sad when you go to see it and uh, you're not aware of it. Pretty much yeah. like if someone went to see this particular stone with you and they, they uh, saw a crate around, it's like, oh, wonderful. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when you've gone through cemetery, I know you, you, you've had uh, the point of graves and you, you contact uh, uh, Elizabeth and, and so forth. But when you go to these other cemeteries for your books, do you have the same experiences? Not the same as, as Elizabeth, I take that, you know, but do you have similar experiences or experiences that are, I guess, of the, the paranormal nature? I do. And it's, it, it's funny, um, you know, obviously not every, every cemetery, but um, my approach is different with different cemeteries. You know, you know, when we pull up, sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's a planned cemetery. Like, okay, can we got to go to this one? Um, and then other times it's just like totally random, like how we found Mr. Bowman. Um, so when I get out of the car and I'm about to go in, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm very intuitive, but I try to, you know, be very intuitive about it, um, Mm -hmm. as to whether or not, you know, I will 
make the declaration, all right, show me what I need to see type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, you know, let sort of the process guide me to what gravestones I need to go to. Sometimes I'll actually take out my dowsing rods and ask, you know, right there out loud, um, where do I need to go to, to sort of be led to the graves that, you know, I need to document and look into a little bit further, although I always make my way around to as much as I can see. Um, and then, you know, if I do get a, res- a strong response in, on, in either form, um, you know, then then I'll I'll go down the road to see, all right, so, you know, is there anybody that, you know, wants to talk, you know, what's going on here and try to get a sense of it like that. And I think I've learned a lot of that. And that's going to go right back to um, to Elizabeth, because Elizabeth is, you know, very much a touch point at the point of grave. So I found that to be true. In, in other cemeteries, you know, in Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts type of thing. I mean, there, there's definitely an energy there. I don't think, you know, spirits are always hanging out in the cemetery waiting for somebody to come by. <laughs> but I'm also, and, 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 it's, and, you know, some people are like, oh, what do you think? They're just hanging out in the cemetery. I, I believe that spirits can be anywhere and everywhere at the same time. So I think as soon as you walk into a cemetery, and this is just my .02 cents on it, um, that you're, you're there visiting whether you intended to be a visit or not. Um, and by reading the stones or, you know, stopping and contemplating in a grave that sometimes that, that energy feels like a visit to whoever is there. And that sometimes that's when that comes out. Sometimes it's really strong. Um, sometimes it's like, okay, there's a little something there. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I know when I went up to Antrim, New Hampshire, this is, you know, years back. Oh yeah. Um, my neck of the woods. Up, up, yeah, up on, on Meeting House Hill. I, I kept feeling small hands grasping my hand as I was walking around. And I was mm. like, what the heck is going on? Like, it it really startled me to the point where I wanted to get in the car. And <laughs> oddly enough, a couple of weeks later, I went back in the dark um, with my dowsing rods and with some equipment. Um, so, you know, you just, you never know what's going to happen, how they take to you, how you take to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you never na- you never met anything nasty or anything. I mean, we have we have like you know stories like from Blood Cemetery where where horrible things uh, grip uh, investigators or visitors. Uh, and there are other cemeteries as well. You you've never had that experience. I you know I I haven't. I have felt uncomfortable, and I've been to to Blood Cemetery, and I'll tell you what's scarier is actually the road. <laughs> cemetery than the cemetery itself um mm-hmm. i think it's you know it's just kind of kind of the name but i will tell you you know with that being said you know i went to to wilton to vale end and i think just where the you know the the graveyard is situated out it's, you know surrounded by woods and where um the gravestone is for the blue lady you know right at the edge of, of the spooky woods there that mm-hmm. i definitely felt something weird looked down at my feet and there was like a a blue voodoo doll there on the ground. Oh, lovely. Which, which I ended up taking pictures of. And then I was like, okay, so what's going on here? Like that whole thing made me feel weird and extremely uncomfortable. That's Um, right. Yeah, it was, it was super, super creepy. Like her face on the voodoo doll was painted all blue and she had a blue dress on. It was absolutely bizarre. So Um, take it home with you? Yeah, I did. I put it right in my pocket right away. (laughs) Hell to the no! <laughs> I'm like, oh look, they're giving out free voodoo dolls based on the ghost story here. I gotta get one. 
say there are some people that would actually do that. You That's, realize that, no don't way. you? No way. No way. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Oh. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Oh. <laughs> Never. Nope. I've only, I have to say, all the cemeteries that I have visited over however many years, there was only one that I felt uncomfortable in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. That was it. And I just... It's just very, I was actually coming back from North Adams. Oh, Spidergate. No, it's not Spidergate. Oh, what a disaster. I know, Ron's biggest letdown in his entire oh. life. Um, and I, I don't even, I can't even off the top of my head remember where it was, but it was somewhere along that long road back. Um, and it was set way back from the edge of the road. And it was just like, just a whole vibe in that mm-hmm. whole cemetery. And I'm like, I took my pictures and I got out. I was, I'm like, I just don't feel right here, but that's it. I totally that's understand. It. Yeah. It's just, ugh. <laughs> it's an ugh feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. yep, I, I've had that happen too. I told, I totally get it. It's like, all right, so I, I'm here. I got to get the pictures, but I'm going to do this and just go. Like, yeah. it, and I, and it, it's smart. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we know, and, you know, hopefully most people will get the idea. Like if something doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. then go, go, yeah. don't, don't camp out. Don't, yeah. you know, don't provoke it. Like <laughs> just go. And, and I think that, you know, that goes hand in hand with being respectful of, of these spaces and being respectful of the spirits that are there, the stones that are there, you know, the dead that lie buried there. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole respect thing, like, okay, so it doesn't feel good. You probably don't want me here. I'm going to go. <laughs> 100%. But <laughs> I had actually, uh, worked with a, a descendant of the, the blood family and, uh, I kept trying to talk him into going with me back to the cemetery, but never could. <laughs> I thought that would be interesting. Uh-huh. Obviously they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> nope. Never, he, he never did. So. Nope. 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 See, anyway. I, I, I'm I'm such a, a a fan of you know like you know those cemeteries that have these you know these massive reputations and these you know these big stories of being haunted. Like I want to find the ones that you know nobody's talking about. You know, mm-hmm. I, those those are the ones that you know I spend spend my time on. And you know when I when I write my books, people you know they're like, oh, did you write about this one? I'm like, yeah, but did you hear about this? one like yeah. um those are the best stories you know, right they, they are that you know the the ones that people you know they don't they don't know where they are they don't know who these people are but they all have these you know amazing worthwhile stories so i i think that's you know that keeps me keeps me in the cemeteries you know there's there's always something something more to discover mm-hmm. right every cemetery has a story yeah. <laughs> truly tr- truly so, truly all- does all your books are available on Amazon. Are they also available through you? Yep, you can you can go to um, to my website, which is newlandcuriosities.com, and um, order you know order a signed copy directly from me as well. There you and go. support and your book. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we just, need it. Just because I've I've written nine books, as, as as you know, Ron, you don't become a millionaire by writing books at all. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, Roxy, I, I, for the love of it. Roxy, I want to tell you, I have right here in front of me, 
uh, this is a royalty check from, uh, I think it's my first book. And the amount is three figures. 0.41, 41 cents. <laughs> 41 cents? 41 oh, cents. come on. Basically, Holy they crap. sold nothing. <laughs> wow. For that particular period. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well. Nope. People, we all I can't be you. Stephen King, right? Hey. <laughs> I, I, I saw this thing, and I have no idea if it's true or not, but it said since Stephen King became woke, his books plummeted in sales. It's like, what? I don't know. People are crazy nowadays. It's just like mm. ridiculous. Anyway, uh, moving right back to Roxy, where we should be. <laughs> yes. Is so, Roxy, you have the new book coming up. Uh, do you know when that's going to be coming out? The they um, they're supposed to be getting back to you with a specific release date, but it's supposed to be spring. So um, initially, it was um, it was going to be May. So I think it's you know they want it out right before the summer. So I think mm-hmm. it's um, it's probably going to be um, you know probably before Memorial Day. Oh, good. We'll have to have you on the show when that comes out because I'm intrigued about that book. I think that's that's right up my alley because you know I love the sea and I love absolutely ghosts and stuff. Strip okay. There's, 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 there's such and a goat books and everything. It's 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 romantic though, isn't it? Like it's 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 scary and um and beautiful and moving and and romantic all at the same time. Like mm-hmm. you know to be able to to be alive, you know, for one day during the age of sail and just really see, you know, what it was, what is all about these people that traveled the world, you know, and were up against, you know, all sorts of crazy odds back in the day and, you know, where they went and what they brought back. And it's just, it's so incredible. Like, I, I think we're, you know, as, as time marches on, we're, we're forgetting about that. And, you know, it's the same I took the same approach as I do with the cemetery books is like to really mine out, you know, some of the stories that, you know, people just, they don't know, um, you know, of shipwrecks and, um, mm-hmm. you know, pirates and legends and all that, all that fun stuff, but, you know, on a, on a seaside setting. So, you know, trying to bring these, these stories back to life, but how cool is it? You know, you can, you know, pick up a, you know, a, a piece of glass or a piece of porcelain from a beach that might be, you know, 300 years old and was on a pirate ship or, you know, someone was, <laughs> was drinking or, rum or a out piece of it. Of clay. Like, like so a awesome. piece. See, a lot of people <laughs> see that white clay and, and that's basically, uh, it's a uh, clay pipe that the sailors used to use. Yes, indeed. They used ah, to have these long pipes ah. and they, as they, as they wore out the pipe, they bite off pieces of the pipe and spit it into <laughs> the ocean. So you get these little these little tubes of you know of porcelain from back in the day, and sometimes you can actually find the the pipe bowls. I have a I have a half a pipe bowl. Oh, that's um, cool! In my collection that I I, got, I found in Rockport, um, mm. on the beach there, and it dates back to the 1800s. So it's you know it's kind of cool. Um, it's, it, it's 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 there's just no end. I mean, again, New England is um, you know it's so cool because people come from all over the country to hear our history and and to hear our ghost stories. And we're just, we're so, we're so lucky. I feel so lucky to be here. There's no other place I'd rather be. And the interesting (laughs) thing about it too is, is, you know, we hear about New England ships and we think, 
just oh New England coast, but these ships traveled all around the world. They they were everywhere, and they have so many fascinating stories involved with with each of them. Whether it's you know it's it's been uh, in the uh, ended up in the Antarctic, the the mutinies, they'll be uh, uh, what do you call hitting shipwrecks and storms and. And islands they've gone to. There's so many amazing tales about some of these ships that uh, have traveled from New England around the world to various places in the world. It's fascinating stories about them. It, it really is. You know, back in you know back in the days of whaling, you know, oh. it's it's just incredible. And and some ships, you know, when when they went out, it didn't happen too often. But entire families would go. Like the captain would bring his family with him if he was going to be gone for like you know two or three years and then right. you know if you tie in you know the sicknesses and all the issues that they had at sea and if you know if somebody died on board of one of these ships you know what do you what do you do with the body and sometimes mm-hmm. you know they they'd pickle the people if they had you know yep. alcohol mm-hmm. on board they right. put them right in in the rum barrels to get their bodies back and sometimes they'd be buried in those very rum barrels we have a um, a couple that's up in they, northern Maine. There's one in Connecticut. That's what they did to um, the the battle, the uh, hero of Trafalgar, uh, Lord Nelson. Yes. Yep. Stuck him in a rum barrel until they got him back. Mm. I mean, wow. it's, can you can you um, can you imagine? I mean, what what that would be like out at sea? Like, all right, so we're gonna get this guy and put him yeah, in a barrel. Yeah. At least he died with a smile on his face. Oh, Anyways, we do have to go. We run out of time. Uh, we <laughs> want to thank Roxy for joining us here, and uh, yeah, check out her website, New England Curiosities. And uh, today's show, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation, right here on TojiNet. And I, oh, I do want to mention uh, once again, we're having our annual supernatural uh, Yankee swap uh, at a new place, the Village Inn in Drake. And uh, so check it out. It's uh, <laughs> speaking about that. I, I only got a minute left, but Roxy did it one year with me. And Roxy, I came up with this brilliant idea that Roxy would give readings to everyone. Do you remember that, Roxy? Yes, I do. How many, <laughs> how many? How many did you do in in what period of time? It was like crazy. I, I think we had like maybe a, it was like an hour and a half, and I did at least a dozen readings. <laughs> Thanks, oh, you Ron. Were, every table was doing three card readings or whatever. It was like unbelievable. You were just like zipping them out. Anyways, we do have to go. Uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier family, Argo, 15 High Street, not the end over in Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon, become a member, and uh, check out all the junk that's on there, and uh, check out anyghostproject.com for uh, Supernatural uh, Yankee Swap. So there you go. So Good night, Roxy. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, always thanks, good to talk to you. <laughs> thanks. Good night. And God bless everyone. Good night, everybody.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.